Oh, say can you see by the dawn's early light what so proudly we hailed at the twilight's last gleaming whose broad stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight or the ramparts we watched were so gallantly streaming and the rocket's red glare the bombs bursting in air gave proof through the night that our flag was still there Oh, say, does that star-spangled banner yet wave o'er the land of the free and the home of the brave? Good evening, fans, and welcome once again to Rappin' on Racing, September 14, 2020. Joining me now is co-host Dave Oliveri. Dave, good evening. How are you? I'm doing well, Don. Just uh, been a fun week. Got some race again. Unfortunately, Tri-City lost their race due to rain on Sunday, but I think we have lots of results and lots of things to share with the listeners. We got a dynamite show. Our victory lane interviews will start off with Josh Richards, Brandon Overton, Shannon Babb, Jonathan Davenport, Les Myers, and Tyler Fox. On the Road Again is available thanks to Dirt on Dirt and Bob Miller, who works diligently to gather the sound bites from Victory Lane. We hope you patronize this fine organization. Tom Lang is back with his drag racing report, and we welcome him. Guests include Super Cup Stock Car Series owner Tawan Baker, Asphalt Late Model Driver Brandon Marhefka, ULS winner and Ceiling Grove Speedway champion Jeff Ryan. If you miss any of Monday's program, you can go to RappinOnRacing.com. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days in the year. As always, we want to thank our marketing partners, Alternative Power Sources, Number 1 Cochrane Automotive, Jennerstown Speedway, along with Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway, RPS Financial Solutions, and Toma Meat Market. And we want to thank Dave, my co-host, along with Lenny Baticki, Howie Bayless, Julie Coates, Tyler Harris, Bill Korch, Mike Lisikoski, and Jim Zufall. Special thanks go out to our senior engineers and our technical advisors, Bill Korch, Ted Lusick, and Gary Scott, along with Bob Miller, our multimedia data collection facilitator. Want to cover some of the short track results from the past weekend up at Lake Trobe in the big block modifieds. It was Garrett Crummert. Jim Morris scored in the 305 sprint cars. In the fast track, it was Troy Shields. Marty Spade won in the pro stocks. Pure stocks to E.J. Rosick. And the four cylinders went to Matt Welts. At Raceway 7 in a super late model special was Max Blair. In the E-Mods, it was Joel Watson. Jared Larson in the Rush Sprints, and Mark Lawrence in the Mini Stocks. At Sharon Speedway, a very familiar name in Victory Lane, Max Blair wins in the Great Late Models, Garrett Crummert scores again in the Rush Modifieds, and Shane Meadows won in the Dwarf Cars. 
in in night number two, Don, it was in the four ten sprints. The winner was Cole Duncan in the Rush Modifieds. It was Chaz Wolbert, Chris Schneider in the Penn Ohio Series, Jeremy Double in the Economots for the inaugural Kyle Miller Memorial Race. And Don, just before we continue the results, just a, a, a great evening there for a great young man that unfortunately passed away early this spring due to cancer and uh, the racing. Community just uh, and Josh Christopher's and all the people at Sharon Speed, we really stepped up to, to honor this young man. And he was an amazing young man and a very good driver. And you know, it's a sad situation, but when cancer comes, uh, there's not much you can do. So we're glad that they paid tribute to this fine young man. Hey, at Thunder Mountain, Gail Huey scored in the late models. The semi lates went to Joe Martin. Bryce Swagger was the winner in the pure stocks, and the four cylinders, it was Jeff Huber. Heading over to the Hummingbird Speedway in the eight late models, it was Alex Furry and the Spider Barnett Memorial. It was a $4,000 win, plus there was $1,100 in contingencies and other uh, prize monies out there. So it was a nice $5,100 payday for, for Alex. In the semi-lates, it was Rich Weicker and the street stocks, Brandon Connor. Tim Stites picked up the win in the pure stocks. In the four cylinders, it was Blake Joyner. And the young guns were on the on the card as well, Don. And there was two divisions. It was Sam Darby, the winner in the open division, and Mason McAndrew, the winner in the stock division. Did you tell me that Alex really wasn't planning on going up the Hummingbird, but he had fifty one hundred reasons for doing that? <laughs> yeah, I think it was a late model, or not, not a late model. He drives a late model. Boy, I got late models on my head right now, but. Uh, I know he was at a race on Friday night, and I guess they decided to um, head up the Hummingbird, which is something I'm not sure if Alex has ever been there, but I, I did see it on his uh, Facebook page, and like you said, 5,100 5, reasons to go back to Hummingbird another time later on next year. You were a busy guy between going to the races, getting me interviews, and doing the on-track at Pittsburgh. You ought to be tired today. It's nice. I was going to head to, to Tri-City, like I said, but unfortunately earlier in the report we had mentioned that it was you know canceled due to rain in the area. But I, I was going over some information with Robert Johnson, and, and this is kind of a, a whimsical thing for me, but if I throw out a race that I want to in February, which was February 22nd, you know, we were so fortunate in, in this area when our racetracks opened up with all the craziness there. So from about the 1st of June until last evening, which would have been Saturday, well, we'll go back to Saturday evening, I've attended 47 races at 12 different racetracks. So uh, our, our fans in western Pennsylvania, Ohio, certainly can't say that uh, racing hasn't been a plentiful uh in this crazy 2020 year, Don. And you covered every one of those races for Rapping on Racing. I will be eternally grateful because there's no way I could have been to all those tracks. So I really appreciate it, and I thank you. It's just great. And just, you know, in, in wrapping some things up, Don, I just, there, there's been some things in, in our racing uh, community and family, uh, Rick, our listeners are probably aware Rick Eckert's son uh, was burnt with a, uh, a fire that kind of crept in from a fuel-filling uh, situation, and uh, I think he's out of the hospital and he's recovering. But on Saturday night up at Hidden Valley Speedway, you know, we always 
take for granted, and the drivers do, that you know they have the safety precautions, the helmets, the equipment to, uh, to, be, to be safe. But we have our on-track personnel, the corner workers, our photographers, people in the infield that you know, they're just, you know, they're there doing their job, and, and, and some of them have safety equipment on, but not all of them. But there was an unfortunate situation, like I said, up at Hidden Valley, and, you know, three people got injured. And I want to just really, and, and we keep them in our thoughts and prayers, but for the people that are at the track, our, our emergency crews, our, our paramedics, our ambulance facility or facilitators, they're there not only to take care of the drivers, but they're there for the, the people in the pits that are participating, and they're also there for the fans. So in this year where first responders are at the forefront, they're certainly at the forefront at each and every one of our racetracks, Don. We are very fortunate, these people, what they do. I mean, you look at them, what they're wearing on a hot summer day. they got two or three layers of heavy clothing on. It's got to be like a sauna but they, you know, we're glad they're there. We hope we never need them. But thank goodness we do have them when there's an accident. Yeah, we are truly blessed. And I, as we're going to be wrapping some things up at some of the local tracks. And I know you and I are going to be heading up to Jennerstown Speedway this coming Saturday for Champions Night. And I haven't seen the official I, the official uh, point totals. I'm sure I'll have to m- listen to Mike on, on Monday's show. But uh I'm sure it's going to come down to maybe other than the division that Dale Kimberly's in. Uh, I think it's going to be down to the last lap, last corner, and, and who's going to win that championship. In the late models, the top three cars are separated by nine points. We'll just leave it at that because Mike will cover everything else. Dave, I want to thank you for a super report and all the work you're doing for those 40-some racetracks you've been to. It's it, it's an always enjoyable. It, it makes the uh, the weekends go quick, and as we the leaves start to turn here, and that's going to be in it probably the next six weeks. Uh, I think uh, I'm going to miss what I'm doing, but while while I still have an opportunity to do it, not only for wrapping on racing for myself and for the fans, I'm going to still get into many races as we can. So, Don, you have a good evening. Thank you, and you too. This is the Banker Bob Thought for September 14th, 2020. When someone asks you what you did over the weekend, and you squint and ask why, what did you hear, you probably drink too much. This portion of today's program is brought to you by number one Cochrane Automotive. This Saturday night, Jennerstown Speedway closes out the 2020 racing season with the final night of five division racing. See the champions crowned in the Martellus Pharmacy's late model division, the Stoystown Auto Wreckers Modifieds, the Ron's Collision Center Street Stocks, the Farmers Union Co-op Chargers, and the Somerset Trust Company Fast and Furious Four Cylinders. It all begins at 6 p.m. on Motor Mountain. Don't miss the final race of 2020 this Saturday night at the Jennerstown Speedway Complex as the top three late model drivers are within nine points of one another to decide the late model championship for 2020. It all gets underway at 6 p.m. this Saturday. Visit Jennerstown.org. Racers, race fans, or campers, are you looking for power on demand and excellent service? 
than see our friends at Alternative Power Sources. Alternative Power Sources offers a complete line of generators and the ability to provide turnkey projects from sales and rentals to service, maintenance, and installation. Alternative Power Sources Incorporated, located in western Pennsylvania, has proudly served homeowners and businesses in Pennsylvania, Ohio, and West Virginia since 1995. Alternative Power Sources is dedicated to providing reliable generator solutions. Their brands include Blue Star, Noller, Asco, Yamaha, Powertech, and Southeast Power Products. The sales force at Alternative Power Sources has over 60 years' experience in the generator field, providing you with the best resources to design the generator package that meets your needs and specifications and to supply the top-of-the-line specified products. If power on demand and excellent service are important to you, then call Alternative Power Sources at 1-800-894-4455. And now more Rapid on Racing with your hosts, Don Gamble and Mike Lusikowski. All right, fans, joining us now from the Jennerstown Speedway, Mike Lusikowski. Mike, good evening. How are you? Good evening, Don. I'm doing very well, and we're going to go through the verbal report of the Jennerstown Speedway Complex from Saturday night, but keep in mind there will be a date announced soon when you can catch all of Saturday night's action on the MAV-TV cable network, as the television crews were there recording on Saturday night for the must-see Sprint Car Series annual event at the Jennerstown Speedway, the David Mateer tribute race as David Mateer worked for the American Racer McCreary Tire Company for many, many years and for the third consecutive season. The must-see sprint cars and American Racer tires honored the life and career of Mr. Mateer with a 410 winged sprint car race on the pavement of the Jennerstown Speedway. So we'll dive right into the report. As for the third consecutive year, the visit to the Laurel Highlands by the must-see sprint car series displayed blistering speeds and defeating a driver, defeating a field of drivers from six states on Saturday night, it was veteran Brian Gerster. Meanwhile, defending Jennerstown track champion Teddy Gibala won for the second time in 2020 after a memorable duel in the Martellus Pharmacy's late model division. Also celebrating in Stoney's Beer Victory Lane were Anthony Aiello, Aaron Van Fleet, Stephen Singo, and Michael Saylor as allied milk producers and Stoney's Beer presented the racing action. Rick Hawley, Brian Gerster, and Troy DeCare won preliminary heat races for the 410 cubic inch sprint cars of the Must See Touring Series after DeCare set the fastest qualifying time of 15.200 seconds. And on the Jennerstown Speedway half mile, that means DeCare averaged over 123.6 miles per hour during the time trial effort. In the 30-lap feature event, many-time series champion Jimmy McCune led the most laps, but a late-race restart found USAC sprint car winner and veteran Brian Gerster making a pass for the lead. 
Gerster then had to endure a side-by-side restart with McCune with just two laps to go, and Gerster became the third different winner in three visits of the must-see sprint cars to the Jennerstown Speedway Complex. McCune, who's second in the series points, headed into their final event, placed second on the racetrack. Joe Liguri finished third. Liguri, whose family has a very rich history in USAC sprint car racing, got a podium finish in only his second start at the Jennerstown Speedway. Anthony McCune, the series points leader, finished in fourth spot. He is Jimmy's nephew. And fifth spot was charging Charlie Schultz, who rallied from a blistered right rear tire to finish fifth after a pit stop. Finishing sixth was heat winner and fastest qualifier, DeCare, who also had to make a pit stop for a blistered right rear tire as they were literally driving the wheels off the sprint cars on Saturday night at the Jennerstown Speedway Complex. Now, looking at the weekly five-division racing, after Barry Audi, Jared Barclay, and Albert Francis won preliminary heat races for the Martellus Pharmacy's late model division cars. The 30-lap feature race began with teenager Brandon Marhefka as the early leader. The third-generation driver led the first two laps in the quest for his first victory. Point standings leader Albert Francis grabbed the top spot from Marhefka on lap three as the only repeat feature winner of the season. Francis opened up an advantage of a few car lengths, while Teddy Gibala advanced from his sixth starting position. Gibala, a winner already in 2020, showed great strength by reeling in leader Francis. Fans then rose to their feet as Gibala used the outside lane to challenge Francis. The duo remained door-to-door for more than six laps, officially swapping the lead three times with Francis holding the inside groove and neither car touching one another throughout the battle. Both drivers are in contention for the 2020 championship crown. By lap 15, Gibala had secured the lead by one full car length. With all that attention focused on the battle for first place, Barry Audi climbed into third position after starting in 12th spot. As the most recent winner, Audi sits in second place in the points tally right between Francis and Gibala, who were leading the event. Audi's ascent through the field peaked at third place, however, as the leaders were out of his reach during the race that was never slowed by a caution flag. In the late stages, Barclay closed in on Audi and challenged for third place. Barclay, in his second year of late model racing, nearly stole the spot from five-time former champ Audi more than once. But up front, Francis remained within striking distance and yet could not reclaim the lead. The leading winner of 2019, Gibala, scored his second victory of 2020, inching closer to defending the title of champion he earned last year. Also a former street stock division champ, Gibala is the driver of the E.H. Schwab medal spinning, day and night seal coating Chevrolet, and he picked up the trophy and closed the gap to a nine-point deficit from the standings lead with just one event remaining. Francis, the young Ohio driver, placed second in the race and held on to the top spot in the championship standings. Audi finished third and is merely six points behind Francis, headed into next week's finale. Barclay started in 10th position and finished in fourth after his stellar heat race run, and former champion Gary Wiltrout placed fifth. Rookie Doug Glessner and veteran Adam Kostelnik led the Stoystown Auto Wreckers Modified Division to the green flag for their 20-lap feature race. Glessner, a converted dirt track late model superstar, led one lap. Then Kostelnik, one of the all-time leading modified winners in Western PA, also led a lap before retiring his new ride with mechanical problems. Kostelnik was making his return after a devastating crash two weeks prior. 
R.J. DeLappy, a three-time winner in 2020, grabbed the lead on lap three. Young DeLappy started the race in sixth position but roared to the front early. At the halfway mark of the race, defending champion Anthony Aiello passed rookie John Fama for third place. And one lap later, he stole the second position from Glessner. In only three laps of pursuing the leader, Aiello caught and passed his off-track friend, DeLappy. As the lead changed hands, the previous week's winner, Tom Golick, advanced. Golick started 10th and claimed third position late in the event. He then hit the outside wall but continued on. When the checkered flag waved, Aiello earned his division-leading fourth victory of 2020, extending his lead in the point standings. Finishing second through fifth were DeLappy, Golick, Modified Division newcomer Adam Henry, and Glessner, respectively, in the caution flag-free event. Kostelnik and DeLappy won the heats. Kostelnik, by the way, is driving the former Viglione Modified that carried him to great success at the Old Motor Drum Speedway. The Ron's Collision Center Street Stock Division's 20-lap feature race launched with veteran Mel Wilt as the early leader. A multi-division winner in his Jennerstown career, Wilt is seeking his first win of 2020. On lap five, championship contender Aaron Van Fleet took the lead after starting in fourth place. Ninth place starter Josh Kokenauer advanced into second position by lap eight. Both Van Fleet and Kokenauer are recent Street Stock Division champions. The duo raced close while 10th place starter Casey Flegel climbed into third spot. Flegel, the most recent winner and points leader, could not catch the lead duo as the race was completed without a caution flag. Van Fleet won his heat race with a last lap pass and a photo finish, and then he crossed the finish line first to win his third feature race of the year with all of his sponsors in attendance. Kokenauer scored a second-place finish while seeking his first win of the season, while Flegel won his heat race and finished third in the feature. Wilt and veteran Rick Melad completed the top five. Flegel holds a slim six-point advantage over Van Fleet in the standings going into the final points race this coming Saturday. After teenage rookie Will Hemminger led the opening laps of the Farmers Union Co-op Chargers 15-lap feature race, veteran Steven Singo took the, stop, the top spot. Singo started back in fourth position, and after a stellar performance one week prior, he took the lead from the teenager. Rookie Kyle Burkholder moved up to second place before the halfway point of the race, seeking his first win on asphalt as a former dirt tracker. Defending champion Dale Kimberly started in eighth place and advanced to third spot. But the dominant winner of 2020 was unable to catch the leaders. The crowd roared with delight as the very popular home track favorite, Singo, earned his first win of 2020. Burkholder, Kimberly, Hemminger, and four-cylinder graduate rookie Chris Ammett placed second through fifth. Kimberly won the heat race and will be crowned champion next Saturday. After a wild start to the 15-lap Somerset Trust Company Fast and Furious four-cylinder division feature race, rookie Michael Mole grabbed the early lead. Seeking a first-ever win, Mole was at the head of the pack for six laps. Sophomore driver Michael Saylor then took the lead on lap seven after starting back in ninth position. Saylor found Stoney's victory lane as a rookie in 2019. Point standings leader Jeff Vassas started in tenth place and claimed the second position at the midpoint of the race. But in spite of heavy traffic, Saylor pulled away and scored his first win of the season. Saylor also won his heat race earlier in the night. Vassas finished second and clinched the 2020 championship title for the division. 
former champion Steve Settle placed third with Lance Shawley in fourth and Jason Truscott completing the top five. Former champion Evan Nybert also won a heat race but dropped out of the feature race early with heavy damage to the rear of his car. Coming up this Saturday... The grand finale of the 2020 season at the Jennerstown Speedway Complex. It's your last chance to see five division racing on Motor Mountain, and points division titles are coming down to the wire, particularly the late model division, where the top three in the standings are separated by nine total points. Five-time former champion Audi sits in second spot. Defending champion Gibala, Saturday night's winner, sits in third, and atop the heap, one of the youngest drivers in competition, Painesville, Ohio's Albert Francis, the three-time winner in 2020, will carry his slim points lead into the Jennerstown Speedway Complex Saturday night in the quest for a first-ever championship, Don. Outstanding racing. It sounds like uh, the fans got their money's worth. Boy, Don, a couple of those features, and, and you know, I threw into that report, caution-free feature, caution-free feature, caution-free feature. The week prior... There was one total caution flag in five divisions of heats and features. Now, this week, with the 410 must-see sprint cars on hand, they had multiple feature race cautions, none for crashes. A couple of blistered tires, uh, a blown engine, a couple of things like that happened in their feature. But in the five-division racing, late models, modified, street stocks, once again, all caution-free. So uh, here towards the end of the season, I think the drivers are realizing that uh, with point-standing positions on the line, Finishing the race is more important, and with all those green flag laps, there were still heated fights at the front in multiple races. And, boy, I'll tell you, Don, the fans absolutely were feverishly cheering during that late model battle. We talk about Albert Francis being so successful in his first season of racing full-time at the Jennerstown Speedway Complex. And, Don, even though he is a very, very likable young driver and does great things with the fans and the kids... He happens to live in Ohio, and there's a lot of fans that are Pennsylvania proud that were very, very happy to see Gibala run down, catch, and pass Francis, something that hasn't happened much in 2020. Uh, Mike, following your uh, segment after the commercial, we're going to have uh, Brandon Marhefk on. Had a chance to speak with him. Very in- interesting young man, third-generation driver with a lot of history. You know, Marhefka has done things... I want to say a little bit differently than some rookies that we've watched. Uh, oftentimes you'll get a young driver that's a little bit full of confidence and, and tries things on the racetrack that maybe a driver without great experience should be trying. Marheska has taken the smart, conservative approach, and it's been really fun to watch him under the tutoring of his father, who's also a winner at Jennerstown, just like his grandfather, Hall of Famer Bob Marheska. It's been interesting to watch Marheska take the conservative approach. He led feature racing laps again this week and is now poised for a feature victory in the coming season, we should say, with only one race left in 2020. But it's been great to see him go from a participant to a competitor and now to a contender. I can't wait to hear that interview. Mike, excellent report. We thank you. You have a nice evening. You do the same, Don. All right, fans, joining us now is Brandon Marhefka. Brandon, good evening. How are you? Good. How are you? 
Good. You know, you're one of the youngest drivers at the Jennerstown Speedway. But before we get into that, a little bit of background. We have a lot of new listeners. We have people listed all over the United States. Probably some people that maybe don't live around here anymore but watched your dad or your grandpa racing. And I know some of the best racing I ever saw at Schmucker Speedway was your grandpa in that purple 85. I mean, he just, he was amazing. Didn't get to see dad race that much because he was always somewhere other than where I was located. But you're the third generation. And I have to ask you this. Obviously, with uh, the family being as involved as they are, when did you decide you wanted to drive a race car? Um... Well, whenever I was real young, I started helping out at the shop, and my dad would just, you know, give me some things to work on. I mean, one of the first things I remember, he used to give me a putty knife, and I'd scrape down his asphalt tires, something just to keep me busy. But um, I really knew that I started, like, whenever I wanted to start was whenever I was young, because if you don't start young, it's kind of, you know, a mute point, because, not a mute point, but, you know, if you it's more attractive to sponsors and it's easier to start young. So around, you know, 13, 14, I started, I'm like, I started egging on my parents about, you know, racing and they just, they kind of didn't put it off because my dad, he wasn't allowed to race until he was in college. Yeah. So that was his mom's role. Well, you know, my mom, I guess kind of lost out on that. So I started driving whenever I was 16 years old. Um, I started out in late models. And so, I, I mean, ever since I was real young, I've wanted to drive. Yeah. Well, you got some good credentials in the family. As a matter of fact, I was one of the ones responsible for nominating your grandpa for the Pittsburgh Circle Track Club Hall of Fame. Now, I had seen Bob uh, at Schmucker's casually, hi, how you doing? But I really got to know him and your grandmother at the banquet. Uh, great people, a lot of fun, a lot of funny stories, a lot of stories. Some of them were even true. Yeah, yeah, they definitely have a lot of stories. It's always a good time at the shop whenever, you know, both of my dad and my uh, pap, and I guess now me, we all really like to talk, and that's definitely something that we have going for us. Is We, uh, we tell a lot of stories, and all of them are darn near true, if not completely true. <laughs> well, you know, and I've said this many times, okay, you're maybe on the racetrack on race night, half an hour, an hour at the most, but it's the other yeah. six and a half days in the garage with family, you know, uh, bench racing, being together. And, I mean, you know, if you were playing football, Grandpa couldn't go to be on the bench with you or in the locker room. That's the beauty of racing. And racing such a big family. Not only your family, but the whole racing community put together. They're amazing. Now, there was a situation Friday at Lernerville where one of the competitors was fixing uh, the guy's car next to him because he he didn't have any brakes. I mean, it's that's just the way they do things. Um, yeah, it, I, yeah I, it definitely everybody helps everybody, and that's the great part about the uh, racing community. Now, when, when I talked to you earlier, you said you missed a call because you were in school. Let's talk about school. Where are you going to school? All right, so I'm uh, at Pennsylvania College of Technology. It's located in Williamsport, PA, and I'm going to be a uh, welding metal fabricator. So that, I'm going to go for my four-year degree, and um, I'm currently my first year, first semester. So still kind of getting, you know, accustomed to this stuff up here, you know, finding my way around town. But so far, I like it. It's 
it's definitely eye-opening and different than your normal traditional schooling where you just sit in a classroom all day. I'm actually more hands-on. I have about 18 hours in a shop a week. So, you know, it's, it's not your normal schooling. Well, I spent 45 years in vocational education, so I understand what you're saying. And I'm glad you picked a career where there's going to be a lot of work, a lot of job opportunities. And I know welders now are making between 22 and $27 an hour, which is not bad for a young guy. You'll probably be about 21 when you get out. Uh, you won't have uh, a lot of uh, ridiculous school loans to worry about. And if you have any, you'll be able to take care of them pretty quick because that's a good occupation to be into. Now, yeah, uh, it's one that you can't really get rid of. So, yeah. I mean, you're always going to need a welder. Yeah, and, and I've said that so many times. Carpenters, bricklayers, mechanics, that's a necessity. Um, yep, it is. Let's talk about the best part of racing. Now, you're, you're relatively new at it, but did you ever do go-karts? Um, no, I've never raced anything competitively before I hopped in a late model other than I raced BMX bikes, pedal bikes. Yeah. So <laughs> that's the only other form of, if you want to even call it racing, that I have ever done. I mean, I just like the competitive edge of BMX racing, and I think that's why I love racing so much is because it's so competitive. And it's also more individual. I mean, yeah, you, ha- you have the guys that work in the shop with you all the you know all week and whatnot, but it's kind of more once you're in that seat, it's your job to, you know, get the car to where it needs to be. And, you know, it's more individual, but also a team effort at the same time. Well, I think the nice thing about it, you, you never did dirt racing, right? No. So you don't have to looking into it. Well, to, to start out now, you don't have any bad habits from the dirt that you need to adjust when you're on the asphalt. But, uh, you know, maybe it's something in the water up there in Wimber or, you know, just in the blood with the Marhefka family. Uh, fans, if you're just joining us, we're talking to 18-year-old Brandon Marhefka, the driver of the number 13 late model at Jennerstown Speedway. Now, an obvious question. Okay. Grandpap was always 85. The cars were usually purple and white. Everybody recognized that. As soon as he'd pull in, that's Bobby Marhefka. Now, your dad... Yep. He ran a number 99 Rock FM because that was a sponsor. But my question is, why did you pick number 13? All right. So whenever I was in school playing junior high soccer, my brother, was he's two years older than me. So I was just getting into junior high soccer whenever he was getting out of it. Well, he was always number 13. So naturally, I'm like, you know, just take my older brother's number just because, you know, that's cool and it just he was 13 so i picked it up well then whenever he got he went up to um varsity and then he switched numbers but i continued to keep 13 just because you know it was kind of neat that it was his whenever he started playing soccer so then once i got into racing you know i guess from what i've been told 13 has a stigma behind it or you know some sort of thing in the racing community where unlucky 13 or something like that but um, I just kept the number 13. Just it, I liked it. You know, it was my own thing. I mean, nothing against my dad and my pap. They both ran different numbers. So 
why not switch it up to, you know, 13? Well, you're too young to know this, but way back, uh, way, way back, uh, 13 was an unlucky number. If the car was green, that was an unlucky number. And if yeah. you had peanuts in the pits, that was unlucky. <laughs> but years ago, yeah. years ago at Heidelberg, Mike Bodner had a green number 13 with a peanut painted on the side, and he did he did <laughs> fine. So, uh, and, and the peanut came from... Uh, in the old sprint cars, uh, there was a fellow killed somewhere, and they found peanut shells in his car. That's how that rumor got started. But, uh, oh. no, I, I think you got a good number and a good reason for picking it. Now, um, I, I was asking you off the air if you have any hobbies, and I got a feeling your hobby's just racing. Um, yeah, my hobby is pretty much just racing. Um, I'd like to, you know, go quad riding whenever my dad and I get out, which truthfully we haven't been quad riding in two years at least so that and then uh hunting whenever it's rifle season that's kind of right up that alley you know the hunting and then quad riding and racing that takes up you know every other bit of the year <laughs> now eliminating grandpap and dad do you have a favorite driver hmm favorite driver locally or nationally pick one how about national? Um, I would, and I would have to go with Kyle Larson. He's always been my driver. I've always, once Tony Stewart got out of the sport, I um, I started rooting for Kyle Larson, and ever since I started following him, I just like the fact that he kind of worked his way up from nothing and wasn't really handed every anything throughout his career. So that's kind of why I've grown to have a liking for him and i've got to meet him once so that was pretty cool well dave oliveri my co-host he did the stats on uh kyle about a week or so ago in 40 races his average finish was 1.9 in 40 <laughs> races yeah that he's insane he is a different animal we'll just call it that well, they put him in a dirt late model at Port Royal, and everybody thought, ho, ho, ho. Second night in the car, he won with the World of Outlaws. He beat the best late model drivers in the country. So, uh, you know, it, you put him in anything, and he's a winner. But let's get back, yeah, to, your, let's get back to your story. Um, looking ahead, let's say, for next season, what would be your goal? Where, where would you like to be next season? Um, so... Our family has been talking about some possibilities. You know, we want to definitely, with the late model, the asphalt late model, we're definitely going to want to travel a little bit more um, to different states. You know, we're looking at going to um, Lake Erie Speedway here at the end of the year for the uh, Race of Champions race up there. But um, definitely broaden our horizon, get out there, try some different tracks, and then um, you know, eventually, I don't know, maybe the next year, but we're going to maybe try and see what we could do about an ARCA car or some sort. So we're definitely trying to keep our options open, try to land a couple of sponsorships here and there and, you know, find our right fit where we want to be. Fans, I want to remind you again, we're talking to Brandon, uh, doing a nice job, uh, uh, but you, you mentioned if your options are right. Let's talk about your sponsors. Um, so I have a number of sponsors, but um, 
The ones that I definitely want to mention are the Allied Milk Producers, Memorial Highway Chevrolet, the Clarks, Burke Towing, and Edge Racing Engines. They have been behind me for a while now. Ever since I started, all of them were you know, with me, and they're great people to deal with, especially the Allied Milk Producers do so much with us at the track. They're sponsor night is coming up you know this coming weekend we just had the dairy princesses there for the um autograph night but memorial highways also just they've done some things with us like if you got one of my autographs on autograph night there was a um coupon under there if you got an oil change state inspection you could get a free t-shirt so the the relationship that we have with all of our sponsors is more so than you know just them being sponsors and we all, it's just like one big family and we, we try to help each other out and, you know, drive customers to their fan base or their company. Fans, we're going to need to take a commercial break. We're talking to Brandon Marhefka and we'll be back after these messages. Number one Cochrane Automotive began as a small Pontiac dealership in 1965 and quickly became the number one name in Western Pennsylvania automotive sales and service. Today, number one Cochrane Automotive ranks among the top private dealer groups in the nation with 22 new car dealerships with locations in Allegheny Valley, Butler County, Greensburg, Monroeville, North Hills, Robinson, the South Hills, Irwin, and Zelenopoul. Number One Cochrane can serve the transportation needs of Western Pennsylvania customers unlike any other retailer. The acquisition of Chevrolet, Toyota, and Nissan boosts Number One Cochrane's new vehicle operations to 22 dealerships, representing a great selection of domestic and imported brands. Their mission? Treat customers like honored guests while delivering unparalleled value and selection. That was the goal of founder Bob Cochrane when he opened the doors more than 50 years ago. And it's still their goal today. For additional information on number one Cochrane sales and service, go to Cochrane.com. All right, fans, we're back talking to Brandon Marhefka. Brandon, uh, in addition to the sponsors, it takes a lot of people to make this work. Let's talk about the guys behind the scenes, the guys in the garage, pit crew. All right, so definitely the guy that has helped me the most is my Uncle Scott. He's definitely... Him, other than my dad, they're both always at the shop along with uh, Ron Boss. Without them and my brother, my brother's actually, he's been my spotter for the past two years. All of those guys are what makes it possible for me to go out there every Saturday night and do what I love. And I can't even thank them enough. And my mom's support, my girlfriend, Montana, her support, all all of the people that come to races. I have friends that they don't care about racing. I'll be honest with you. They don't care about racing, but they come and support me, and that just means the world. But definitely my Uncle Scott, Ron, my dad and brother, they're the ones that are at the shop every week. Even, like, right now, I can't be there. I'm two and a half hours away. I'm sure they're there working on the car, getting it ready for Saturday, and that I'm beyond thankful for. What's your brother's name? Uh, Devin Marhefka. Devin. And he's, what, two years older? Yeah, he's going to be 21 this December. Good. Now, is Montana from a racing family, or did you pull her into the sport? No. Um, we met in high school, and she she did never really watched racing. She she likes riding like dirt bikes and stuff. So, you know, it kind of has that. I would maybe gearhead sort of thing, but she 
um, she enjoys it. She likes going to it. She thinks it's cool. Her cousin races go-karts, actually. So I guess there is a little bit of racing within her family. Well, here's a tip. During the racing season, when you can't take her places she wants to go because of racing, when the season's over, if she says, Brandon, I want to go somewhere and, and do something you have absolutely no interest in, go. And, and support <laughs> support whatever her interest is because that will go a long way. I will, I will be sure to do that. Yes. Well, we're coming up. Uh, we're going to wrap this up. Any closing thoughts, anything that we missed that you'd like to add? Um, no, I just, once again, thank you to all my sponsors and all the people that, you know, help me at the shop and everybody that comes out every weekend and supports me. It, it means the world to me. And, you know, we'll just keep plugging away. And the last two races of the season are coming up. So hopefully get some good, respectable finishes there. All right. Well, Brandon Marhefka, I want to thank you for being with us. And like I said earlier, really enjoyed watching Grandpap race. He was one tough customer. So you have a nice evening, and we'll see you up at the track. All right. Thank you very much. This portion of today's program was brought to you by number one Cochrane Automotive. Toma's Meat Market is a full-service, old-fashioned butcher shop and meat market. Their stores nestled in the farmlands of western Pennsylvania, where they've been for over 50 years. They hand-select cattle and hogs purchased from local farmers. At Toma's, they can help you prepare for anything from your own family's dinner to a special graduation party, a company picnic, an anniversary celebration, a wedding reception, or a whole host of other things. They can prepare entrees and have them ready for pickup or delivery in foil chafer pans. Just heat them and eat them. Please call or stop by to find out about putting a package of these ideas together for your special event. The taste and the service are out of this world. Toma's Meat Market, located at 748 Dinnerbell Road in Saxonburg, PA. For additional information, please give them a call at 724 352 2020. That's 724 352 2020. Are you in need of financial planning or portfolio review? Rick Sabo of RPS Financial Solutions is an independent financial planner who has testified as an expert witness on insurance and investment fraud. He helps people who are concerned about their portfolio or with other financial matters. His services include investments, pension, and 401k rollovers, estate planning, life insurance, and long-term care alternatives. As a registered IRS tax preparer, he can assist retirees with the completion of property tax rebate forms and other government tax reduction programs at no charge. Mr. Sabo does not charge a fee to meet with potential clients for a fact find. His office is located at 5061 Route 8, Gibsonia, PA. If you are in need of any of the services that he provides, give him a call at 724-443-5720. That's 724-443-5720. Or email him at rick.sabo at jwcemail.com. Securities offered through J.W. Cole Financial Incorporated, member of FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through J.W. Cole Advisors Incorporated, neither J.W. Cole Advisors Incorporated or J.W. Cole Financial Incorporated, nor its representatives provide legal, tax preparation, or accounting advice. Persons who provide such advice do so in a capacity other than as a registered representative of J.W.C.A. J.W.C. RPS Financial Solutions and J.W.C. J.W.C.A. are unaffiliated entities. And now more Rappin' on Racing with your hosts, Don Gamble and Jim Zufall.
Saturday night at Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway, we welcome the Pennsylvania Thunder in the Dirt Vintage Modifieds, and what a great showing. Just about six of the Modifieds were able to show up, but what an interesting way to see some of our racing history right there on the track at Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway. Saturday night, track was in really good condition. We had a great night of racing, and we started everything off with a makeup feature for the Keystone Coach Works Hobby Stocks that uh, we lost due to a curfew back on August the 8th. And when that makeup feature had finished, it was the first feature we ran during the evening. Frank McGill in the 05 car, young man in the, the hobby stock division in his sophomore year, comes away with the victory. Stephen Sheltman, our recurring champion, come in second. Robert Betts, Cody Catellis, and Ben Anton rounded out the top five with Carly Kovacs, John Kane, Tom Anton, Ed Sheltman, and Mike Tropic making up the top ten again in the makeup feature. Now, in the Hobby Stocks regular feature event, it turned out being the last race of the night, but by far the most interesting, perhaps the most hotly contested of the night as well. Now, these Keystone Coachworks Hobby Stock guys are gearing up for this coming Saturday night when they will compete for a cool $1,000 to win in the inaugural Keystone Coachworks Hobby Stocks in invitational never had one of these before and now they were will be racing for 1000 to win with a good payoff all the way through the field and when this one was done our regular feature race after multiple cautions multiple restarts lots of bumping and banging and lots of hot tempers going on Tyler Fox wound up standing in victory lane Adam Faree came in second Cody Catellus Edge uh, actually Stephen Sheltman driving the Edge Sheltman 17P car Stephen Sheltman and having trouble with his own 17S earlier in the evening. So he brings out the 17P of his father's car, and he drives it to a fourth-place finish with Robert Betts finishing fifth. Dave McManus, Ben Anton, John Kane, Carly Kovacs, and Mike Tropic round out the top ten. But just giving you the top ten really doesn't spell out how exciting this race was. Everybody now anticipating this $1,000-to-win invitational next week. And when it was all said and done, a very happy Tyler Fox had an opportunity to talk to Dave Oliveri in Victory Lane. Being a feature win here, Tyler doesn't get a chance to race here that all that often so but when he's here the 39 is generally a car to beat pennsylvania motor speedway your winner in the keystone ox hobby stocks tyler fox on over tyler congratulations i think in a race tonight you had the ideal position to be out front be not as the leader but it was crazy going back through the field but what goes for you as the leader, caution after caution, one lap at a time, to it would seem like a half-hour race? Calm down and just be smooth. On that last caution, Tyler, that was after Jeff was beating on your hood there. I guess he was trying to send a message there where you got to have a starting zone. I don't know what kind of gear you have in here, but you took the cars, you know, took the field slow into down the front straightaway. And when you hit the accelerator, that was that was the defining moment in the race because you just cleared the second place car by probably four or five car lanes. Turbo 350 with 500 gears. Tyler, you don't race here all that often. And you're, you're not the regular like you were back a few years ago. When you, you come to Pennsylvania Motor Speedway, you're always a car to beat. 
we have $1,000 on the line next week. And, and I can only imagine what it's going to be like next week after what it was like tonight. But how prepared are you? Are you going to, first of all, are you going to be here next weekend? Uh, we'll see. I'm, we're not sure yet. But I'm sure it'll be a meat grinder back there. Is there anyone to thank that uh, helps you on the 39 car? Uh, my dad. I mean, this car wouldn't go nowhere without him. He's the one that makes it fast. Any any sponsors? I don't see other than uh, little we got there. Wayne's Auto Body. Yeah, uh, a friend of ours, Wayne. He, he provided paint and whatever, and Wicked Concrete uh, provided a helmet for me. And uh, yeah, I want to thank everybody that helps. Tyler, you're always fa- fast here. Hopefully, you make your decision to come next week. Your fans, your winner in the Keystone uh, Keystone Coach Hobby Work wa- Works, Tyler Fox. Other action during the night coming off their 53-lap Red Miley Rumble just the week before. Logan Zarin comes away with a very dominant win in the rather the Deal Automotive Rush Dirt Late Model. Zarin in that 1Z car, second-generation driver. He is uh, becoming closer and closer to the points title. And uh, although Ben Police holds it, but Zarin would like to really creep up on him, and he is making moves towards that. Ben Police, your point leader, does come in second place on Saturday night. Bill Kessler, Mike Doritsky, Dan Lepro make up the top five. Tommy Schoenhofer, Nico DeBecco driving that 42D car out of the Dobnak stables. He comes in seventh. Justin Lamb, Jake Gunn, and Tony White round out your top ten in the Deal Automotive Rush Dirt Late Models. Now, the Vintage Modifieds, once again, it's the Pennsylvania Thunder in the Dirt Vintage Modifieds, and the heat race was won by none other than the Reno Rocket himself, Les Myers. 72 years young is Les Myers, and he is driving that number six car owned by Dan Osmer, and he just is impressive everywhere he goes. His age, it doesn't mean a thing, and not only does he win the heat race, he picks up the feature win and had a great conversation with Dave. Oliveri in Victory Lane. Jim, when you were talking to Les a little bit earlier this evening, you have to realize, um, like you said, he's 72 years of age and he's got a Hans device on that he's not used to wearing. He, you know, these drivers from the old days, they 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 had they raced on the true grit. So it'll be great to see talk to Les once he comes over, getting all the safety harnesses un- unbuckled from his daughter here and. What you're going to see, fans, there's two different cars here. We have one, the, the six cars in the modified division, and then the 47, the sportsman division. So each is a winner in their own division, in their own series. So Pennsylvania Motor Speedway, your winner tonight in the Vintage Thunder on the Dirt, Les Myers, the Reno Rocket. Les, welcome to Victory Lane. Thank you. Thank you. You've been doing this a lot this year. You've had a chance to come back in the Osmer car, and I know it meant a lot to you. Dan and uh, offered this ride to you at the beginning of the year, and it's just something that you know you've done it before and supported this vintage series. But a, a couple months ago at Tri City, I had a laugh. You said you got a new shoulder, you got a new knee. You're feeling pretty good right now. And I, I was talking to your daughter. She said the biggest thing you hate right now is this Hans device. And for you old timers, I mean, it was just like you had an open face helmet, a T-shirt, no glasses, a pair of blue jeans. And those days are certainly gone. But in all the time, for your 50-some years that you've raced, how many times have you raced here at Pennsylvania Motor Speedway other than in the Vintage Series? I've been here probably five or six times there. 
Uh, I run for uh, Bill Southwell with his uh, modified, and I run my own modified here. When you get to these big tracks, uh, how, how, how fun is it? it it's wide. It's and I know your daughter doesn't like the big track. She was kind of pacing back and forth in the pits. But, uh, you know, you had an incident here a couple years ago that uh, you took a hard hit, but you came back. And you, you do this because you're one of the true legends out there, and you do and not because uh, you're making a payday at it. You're doing because you love it. Well, I do love it. I'm having a lot of fun right now doing this. And uh, I was able to run comfortable tonight. Uh, we run on these big tracks. There. I get a little scared at the end of the straightaway, I'll tell you. After running this many years, I still get nervous. It's pr- it's, this is probably easier than running on the parkway. Well, it is. Yeah, it is for me. <laughs> Les, is there anyone you want to thank? Uh, I know you do a lot of this work yourself, your son. There's a, they're a big part of what you do. Boy, there's so many people. My wife to start with, my boy Jeremy there, my daughter, uh, Casey over here. I see a little fan below her, too. Oh, yeah. She, she's 100% behind me and everything. And she's really disappointed if I don't get a trophy. I, I tell you, I want, she thinks I win those trophies for her. So well, I, I can tell you one thing. What's her name again? Pardon me? What's Kel- your, Kelsey. Kelsey, are you listening? You're going to get a trophy tonight. How's that sign? Fans, let's hear it for Les Myers, the Reno Rockin'. Hank Coles in the 47H, Steve Longo in the 20 car. Make up your top three. Then Bobby Coles, Bill Romesburg, and Jeff Manners rounded out the field in the Vintage Modifieds. In the Crawford Auto Repair Open 4 feature event, Bill Tennant was your winner out of West Virginia. April Tennant with a car that's uh, jazzed up to look just like uh, Lightning McQueen. She comes in second. Susie Rudolph, a recent graduate of our Young Guns division, comes in third. Eric Reynolds, that 53 car, that's the Herbie the Love Bug car that everybody watches. Uh, Reynolds starting to make way in the four-cylinder division as he's up to a fourth-place finish on Saturday night. Derek Quigley in the 65Q, rounding out the top five. Then it's Jason Romine, Craig Rudolph, Philip Bubeck, Kyle Janis, and a couple of did-not-starts. That's Lucas Weaver and Glenn Kopeck. And that rounds out the field for the Crawford Auto Repair four cylinders. And finally, in our Young Gun feature, Noah Bubeck, once again, he is perfect on the season, is Noah Bubeck. In that number two car, Cameron Hollister in the 44 comes in second, and Dylan Clip in third in the final spot. Uh, of course, our Young Gun division, that's our always safe Young Gun division. Uh, they are the teenage division, sort of a starter division. That's why we never have more than three, four, five cars in the division. But once again, it is Noah Bubeck. He leads the field and finishes in the top spot. This coming Saturday night at Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway, we already mentioned it, the first ever Keystone Coachworks Hobby Stock Invitational presented by Zrim's Tire and Automotive Repair. $1,000 on the line. Biggest purse these cars have ever raced for. So 1000 on the line and a lot of uh, money down through the field as well. So we expect a good field. And after what we saw on Saturday night, Don, it absolutely looks like it's going to be one very exciting event so uh, you need to be here on saturday night at pittsburgh's pennsylvania motor speedway we're all looking forward to a great race for the hobby stocks coming up as we get closer and closer to wrapping up the season with the pittsburgher 100 and then we'll go another week or so beyond that trying to make up for some of the things we have missed during this incredibly weird season so the best thing for you to do is to check out everything about ppms at ppms.com 
For Rapping on Racing, I'm Jim Zufall. This portion of today's program is brought to you by Alternative Power Sources. The Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania Motor Speedway schedule is jam-packed again for the 2020 season. Every Saturday night through October, you can enjoy five big divisions of racing action and so much more. Each action event features the Deal Automotive Rush Dirt Late Models, the PPMS Pro Stocks, the Keystone Coachworks Hobby Stocks, the Four Cylinders, and the Young Guns. Add to that special appearances by the Rush Sportsman Modifieds, the Rush Wingless Sprints, the Buckeye Outlaw Sprint Series, and the 410 Wing Sprints. The 2020 season wraps up on October 2nd and 3rd with the 32nd Annual Pittsburgher 100 featuring the stars and cars of the Lucas Oil Late Model Series. Gates open every Saturday at 5 p.m. with hot laps at 6 and green flag racing at 7. General admission just $15 for adults. Keep up to date with everything happening at Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania Motor Speedway by following us on Twitter, at PA Motor Speedway. On Facebook, it's Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway. And as always, find all the information about PPMS at ppms.com. Number one, Cochrane Automotive began as a small Pontiac dealership in 1965 and quickly became the number one name in Western Pennsylvania automotive sales and service. Today, number one, Cochrane Automotive ranks among the top private dealer groups in the nation with 22 new car dealerships with locations in Allegheny Valley, Butler County, Greensburg, Monroeville, North Hills, Robinson, the South Hills, Irwin, and Zelenopoulos. Number One Cochrane can serve the transportation needs of Western Pennsylvania customers unlike any other retailer. The acquisition of Chevrolet, Toyota, and Nissan boosts Number One Cochrane's new vehicle operations to 22 dealerships, representing a great selection of domestic and imported brands. Their mission? Treat customers like honored guests while delivering unparalleled value and selection. That was the goal of founder Bob Cochran when he opened the doors more than 50 years ago. And it's still their goal today. For additional information on number one Cochran sales and service, go to Cochran.com. And now, more Rapid on Racing with Don Gamble and Dave Oliveri. Listeners, we're at Jennerstown Speedway, and the reason why we're here, it's the Wayland Modifieds, but it's also the asphalt late models are, that run on a weekly base at Jennerstown Speedway are here on the card with uh, the, the, the Modifieds this evening. And joining us is a, a good friend of mine. I, I haven't met this gentleman through the Butlers a few years ago through the Pittsburgh Circle Track Club. Juan Baker, welcome to Rapid on Race. I know this is your your first time on the show, and myself and Don Elena, welcome to you. A lot of things have changed since I've met you the last few years. You know, you started off as a, a crew member with Lauren and Ed Butler and Linda on their team and were a big part of it. And your initial involvement with was them as not only as friends, but you came on as a sponsor. So let's tell the listeners you know, your involvement with the Butlers. And it's changed over the years. Lauren was a street stock champion here at Jennerstown. Then she jumped in to the Super Cup Series, which we're going to get into that a little bit later on. But also now she's jumped back because of the craziness with the pandemic and corona this year and all this COVID nastiness out there. Lauren, and these are things you're going to share to the listeners, the series that she was going to run in and she participated the last year, uh, the Super Cup Series, had to be canceled. And, and it was so unfortunate. So 
that family just loves the race. And within the last month, they put a car together for the Motor Mountain Masters. And now here is the doubleheader, a part of the Wayland Modifieds. So let's again get into who you are and maybe some of your businesses and why you picked Lauren Butler to sponsor. Well, came out that I was in the stands following Matt Sever from Gender or from Motordrome. Came up here when I seen Lauren um, go around that track. It just sparked me that I wanted to sponsor her. So after the race, I went down and asked them if they needed a sponsor, and they told me yes. Yeah. So it came down to a couple days later. They gave me a price on sponsorship, and we agreed. I've been going with them from that point on. I mean, they're a great family, great racing family, and Lauren's a good inspiration. She's got a lot to do with what's going on in my life right now. The family is just great. The neat thing about Lauren, and we don't have many female racers in auto racing, at least in the local, our local area here in western Pennsylvania. And Lauren, what she did with the street stock, she had a, a sea of purple jerseys in the stands. And I don't want to say it was young girls that were cheering for her. It was fans, young, old, and kids, young and old, cheering for her. And she is such an inspiration. And the thing that is so great about Jennerstown and what the owners do here is to have that ability after the races to open the pits up to the fans and i think that's where you know you as a a sponsor of lauren probably first got to see where she truly shines the the kids the adults gravitate to her so again when you now you you're doing this a few years now you see lauren in there and you say okay i'm gonna you know become a sponsor now you're working on the crew, a little bit different scenario, but yet you see Lauren and Eddie and Linda in action, and it's just, like you said, a great family affair in racing. Yes, it is. I mean, to see Ed working on the car, be her mentor her himself, to bring up a daughter in a situation where it is down around Pittsburgh, he did good with her. He made her who she is. Uh, he made her dedicate herself to strictly racing and that's what she did and she shines at what she does right now she has a lot of followers i mean when i first became a sponsor that people knew i became a sponsor that whole corner where i sit became uh purple shirts ed seen it lauren seen it they called it the purple people eater corner i thought that was pretty funny myself most listeners, if you're not familiar with the Purple Pete Orders, we're going back to Steeler days. The Minnesota Vikings, with their dominant defensive line, were called the Purple People Eaters. And again, the Vikings colors were the colors that Lauren has. The I guess the kind of the, the goldish with the uh, oranges with the, the purple. But when you got involved as a sponsor, Tawan, then all of a sudden you started to work as a crew member as well. And the interesting part of that is when you have a father-son relationship in racing, that's usually a pretty unique one. And I have to laugh from time to time, and I don't get down in the pits in the heat of the battle, but I know Lauren and Eddie, which is her dad, they go to it sometimes. I'm sure over the last couple of years, you probably had to be the peacemaker. Yeah, once in a while, but 
didn't get too bad. Everything was pretty much in order when it came to the Super Cup. There was a little mis- couple mishaps, but you get over them little things and you go on with what you're doing. If you want to succeed, you got to go through battle a little bit with father, son, father, daughter, daughter, mother. It don't matter. You got to do it. It's going to make you a better person and make you better at what you do. Folks, if you're just joining us, we're talking to Juan Baker, and he's a, a sponsor, but he's also the co-owner of the Super Cup Series, which we're going to get to in a little bit down the road here. But, Juan, now that you've had an opportunity to sponsor and to help, Lauren made a big jump two years ago to get involved with the Super Cup Series. It's just something that different people do and it's a series that has been running at Jennerstown since the ownership's taken over here and Billy Rebar brings them back a couple times a year they wanted to try something different but when you get out there with that particular series it's not a weekly series where you're running at a particular track and Lauren and the Butler family they made that decision to go out on the road and travel and I know you have had the opportunity to go out and travel with them and it's a whole different perspective when you're going to tracks in Virginia and North Carolina tracks that Lauren hasn't seen but yet you're on the road and that's a whole different perspective rather than say okay well you know now we can leave at three o'clock to get to Jennerstown by five o'clock or whatever you know you guys I've been you know following on social media She's out there at, um, you know, sometimes you guys are leaving like at 3 in the morning to get to a track to race. And it's just, and you've been there for a lot of that. Yeah, I mean, as a sponsor, I wanted to be at every race. I wanted to see what the driver that I picked one was going to do. She was very successful um, in her half season in 2018. But when it came to 2019, she really came out and shined. She showed people how to drive a car as a rookie that's why she got the rookie of the year the hard charger of the year because she did her thing she knows how to drive that car and as far as other tracks it's hard to get adapted to a track but it didn't take her long a couple laps around there she was on it she knew what to do she knew how to take her lines she it didn't take her long well, what we're going to do, and listeners, we're going to take a, a pause for a commercial break, and we'll be back shortly. Racers, race fans, or campers, are you looking for power on demand and excellent service? Then see our friends at Alternative Power Sources. Alternative Power Sources offers a complete line of generators and the ability to provide turnkey projects from sales and rentals to service, maintenance, and installation. Alternative Power Sources Incorporated, located in western Pennsylvania, has proudly served homeowners and businesses in Pennsylvania, Ohio, and West Virginia since 1995. Alternative Power Sources is dedicated to providing reliable generator solutions. Their brands include Blue Star, Noller, Asco, Yamaha, PowerTech, and Southeast Power Products. The sales force at Alternative Power Sources has over 60 years' experience in the generator field, providing you with the best resources to design the generator package that meets your needs and specifications and to supply the top-of-the-line specified products. If power on demand and excellent service are important to you, then call Alternative Power Sources at 1-800-894-4455. 
This Saturday night, Jennerstown Speedway closes out the 2020 racing season with the final night of five division racing. See the champions crowned in the Martellus Pharmacy's late model division, the Stoystown Auto Wreckers Modifieds, the Ron's Collision Center Street Stocks, the Farmers Union Co-op Chargers, and the Somerset Trust Company Fast and Furious Four Cylinders. It all begins at 6 p.m. on Motor Mountain. Don't miss the final race of 2020 this Saturday night at the Jennerstown Speedway Complex as the top three late model drivers are within nine points of one another to decide the late model championship for 2020. It all gets underway at 6 p.m. this Saturday. Visit Jennerstown.org. Listeners, we're back, and if you've missed the first part of the interview, we're sitting here at Jennerstown Speedway with Tawan Baker and Tawan we were talking a little bit about Lauren Butler and Super Cup. In last year, you being who you are with your businesses and as a sponsor with Lauren, you had an opportunity. And and listeners, I'm just going to throw it out directly. Tawan is an African-American business owner, and he wanted to take an opportunity to do something a little bit different. And he bought in as a, a co-partner of the Super Cup Series. And Tawan, tell the listeners what made you do it and how it's been. And then we'll get into the craziness of this year, but let's just start with that first. Well, sometimes when you get into an organization and people just wrap their arms around you and just welcome you, and you get an opportunity that can't be matched, you take that opportunity. And what I've seen as an African-American man, there's not a lot of African-Americans that are involved in racing. I want to make a change. I want to see more diversity in the racing series. Um, I want to see more spectators come out there. I want people to see what the Super Cup actually is and how an opportunity was opened up for me like that. That's not an opportunity that happens for somebody every day. It just happened. And, and we talk about this, you know, diversity. You know, NASCAR has programs where actually Kyle Larson, who's setting the sprint world on fire, made a mistake, and NASCAR is put the penalty on him, and he's accepting it currently. And then we have Bubba Walls as a spokesperson. Again, is that sole African-American in the NASCAR scene? And two different perspectives, two different meetings. But like you said, you're trying to reach a different demographic of people. And not to say that African-Americans don't go to races, but you're trying to get the word out there that maybe we need to have more of you come to the races. Exactly. I mean, to become the first African-American uh, stock car owner, I thought that was pretty huge. And I think if there's uh, more people that come out, they could be a little bit successful in it also. I mean, it's, it's open to anybody. The Super Cup welcomes everybody with open arms. It's a simple series to get into, not a lot of money. There's not a lot of people trying to crash your car up i mean it's simple people need to come out more diverse people join the club racing is a very exciting um, sport no matter how you look at it i've been going to racing as a kid out the motor drum and 
I'm still at it. I love it. It's going to be something I do for the rest of my life. Now I'm involved, it's, I'm definitely there. I think the one thing, Tawan, that I take from it in all the years that I've been in, in doing this, and it's been many, many years now, is when I interview hundreds of people, fans, I think if I have a message for you to take to the Super Cup and the thing that you want to grow on is family, whether it's with the crew or if it's in the stands, that is so important because without family, and, and I know the racing family is second to none, it's got me through some difficult times and, you know, good and or bad. And it, when you're there and you don't see that in other sports, and these guys that run the Super Cup, they're, I don't want to say they're not professional athletes. They're athletes, but these guys got real jobs. They work nine to five. They give up time in racing on the weekend because it's something they love to do. But when they do it, it's a big family. I've watched some of Lauren's videos as you guys are pulling into different tracks and the camaraderie with all the guys in the series. And I'd say there's maybe 10 to 15 guys that running on a, a different, on a, uh, on an in and out basis, I believe in the past you had like a North and South series, and you had big plans for 2020. But much like our our kids are taken out of school, high school sports are taken away, proms, weddings, churches. These are things you don't get back. And I think one of the things we're fortunate in the racing community is. We're able to race. Now, the Super Cup this year, you guys, as a board, made a decision, and I'm sure it was an extremely painful decision, that based upon the circumstances where you guys don't run a track on a regular basis, and you're here, you might be in Ohio, you might be in West Virginia, you could be in North Carolina, Virginia. Each state has, governors have stranglehold at most of our racing community, and so you made that painful decision that the 2020 season had to be shut down. Yeah, as far as the founder, Joe Schmeling, his wife isn't very healthy. And it was a smart decision. Um, I think that if it would have went through the season, would have went through, bad things would have happened. But I think the board made a smart decision. There's always 2021. We're just going to come back stronger, and we're going to have a lot more fans because of what's getting ready to happen in the Super Cup. Speaking of the fans, and Tawan, I know it's early. We're only in the end of August here, but for 2021, as an organization now, you've had pretty much a whole year to sit back and observe, but also make changes and make things better for the upcoming season so if there's a couple of them if they're if you can share them with us if you can't just maybe what you have in mind and and the other owners of the uh the super cup series are thinking that what we want to do for next year well i have plans we're going to keep the same sponsors that we had for 2020 but I'm in the process of um, trying to get some big sponsors. I'm not going to mention names, but they're big sponsors that can take us to another level also. I mean, this is a comp couple companies that, that can really put us out there. They're strong companies. They'll be around, and they have been around. With the, the current sponsors that you had for 2020, 
And if you want to mention them, it's fine. If not, then that will understand. How important is, or let me, I don't want to say how important, how understanding were they to say, look, you know, we made this decision as owners uh, for health reasons and for just things in general, not being able to secure tracks that they are going to stay with you for 2021. I'm sure that's a big plus going into the season. I mean, when you put it in perspective as would you put your family through there if they were sick and they was, you can take that uh, coronavirus to them, I don't think it would be a good idea. I think the correct uh, decision was made. Just to, to wrap things up, it's been great sitting with you here. I normally, uh, I'm kind of sitting on a bench with you at Kennywood Park having a slushie or something. And it, here, we're at here at Jennerstown. Is there anything that, just in conclusion, you'd like to tell the fans, and we'll, we'll do this much, where on social media can they get in touch with the Super Cup Series? We got our site, that's SuperCup.Car Series. Um, you can get on our site. You can join Anybody can get on. You can follow us there. Not hard to do. Is that www.supercup.com or something like that? We're on the, we're on the World Wide Web. We're on Facebook. We're on Google. You can find us anywhere. Well, Tawan, it's been great having you to sit here. And we're actually doing the interview and the wrapping on race and base car because the, the Wayland Modifieds are out on the track right now. It, myself and Don, it... We, we told you we'd do this, and we're, we enjoy having you on. With any breaking news for the Super Cup, we'd like you to get in touch with us. And if there are fans that are interested, we'll make sure that we get in touch with you or we'll get in touch with the social magnet, Lauren Butler, because <laughs> she's got a following second to none, and we'll make sure that uh, we, we keep everybody abreast of what's going on in 2021. Uh, yeah, and I appreciate you doing the interview. I believe that needed to get out for a lot of listeners to hear. Uh, we have our first uh, African-American uh, co-owner of a stock car series. That's all I can say. Thank you. Well, again, it's been an enjoyable one, and to you, enjoy the races this evening. Hey, you also. This portion of today's program was brought to you by Alternative Power Sources. The Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania Motor Speedway schedule is jam-packed again for the 2020 season. Every Saturday night through October, you can enjoy five big divisions of racing action and so much more. Each action event features the Deal Automotive Rush Dirt Lake models, the PPMS Pro Stocks, the Keystone Coachworks Hobby Stocks, the Four Cylinders, and the Young Guns. Add to that special appearances by the Rush Sportsman Modifieds, the Rush Wingless Sprints, the Buckeye Outlaw Sprint Series, and the 410 Wing Sprints. The 2020 season wraps up on October 2nd and 3rd with the 32nd Annual Pittsburgher 100 featuring the stars and cars of the Lucas Oil Lake Model Series. Gates open every Saturday at 5 p.m. with hot laps at 6 and green flag racing at 7. General admission just $15 for adults. Keep up to date with everything happening at Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania Motor Speedway by following us on Twitter, at PA Motor Speedway. On Facebook, it's Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway. And as always, find all the information about PPMS at ppms.com. Toma's Meat Market is a full-service, old-fashioned butcher shop and meat market. Their stores nestled in the farmlands of western Pennsylvania, where they've been for over 50 years. They hand-select cattle and hogs purchased from local farmers. 
At Toma's, they can help you prepare for anything from your own family's dinner to a special graduation party, a company picnic, an anniversary celebration, a wedding reception, or a whole host of other things. They can prepare entrees and have them ready for pickup or delivery in foil chafer pans. Just heat them and eat them. Please call or stop by to find out about putting a package of these ideas together for your special event. The taste and the service are out of this world. Toma's Meat Market, located at 748 Dinner Bell Road in Saxonburg, PA. For additional information, please give them a call at 724-352-2020. That's 724-352-2020. Are you in need of financial planning or portfolio review? Rick Sabo of RPS Financial Solutions is an independent financial planner who has testified as an expert witness on insurance and investment fraud. He helps people who are concerned about their portfolio or with other financial matters. His services include investments, pension, and 401k rollovers, estate planning, life insurance, and long-term care alternatives. As a registered IRS tax preparer, he can assist retirees with the completion of property tax rebate forms and other government tax reduction programs at no charge. Mr. Sabo does not charge a fee to meet with potential clients for a fact find. His office is located at 5061 Route 8, Gibsonia, PA. If you are in need of any of the services that he provides, give him a call at 724-443-5720. That's 724-443-5720. Or email him at rick.sabo at jwcemail.com. Securities offered through J.W. Cole Financial Incorporated, member of FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through J.W. Cole Advisors Incorporated, neither J.W. Cole Advisors Incorporated or J.W. Cole Financial Incorporated, nor its representatives provide legal, tax preparation, or accounting advice. Persons who provide such advice do so in a capacity other than as a registered representative of J.W.C.A., J.W.C. RPS Financial Solutions and J.W.C., J.W.C.A. are unaffiliated entities. And now, back to more Rapid on Racing with Don Gamble and Tom Lang. All right, fans, up next is Tom Lang, and we're going to talk some drag racing. Tom, good evening. How are you? Good evening, Don. It's a pleasure to join you, as always. You've been, uh, you've been away for a while. Yeah, I have. And uh, I'll tell you, Don, it's good to be back in the saddle again. Uh, I needed to take a break from the show. Uh, I had some stuff going on in life that I needed to take care of. And frankly, there wasn't much going on in the world of drag racing that the fans couldn't find out for themselves. So some time off was in order. And uh, also, in all the years that I've reported for Rapping on Racing, I've had some involvement in the sport. And I felt that gave me some credibility that what I was saying was authentic because I was living it. Well, this year I wasn't really involved in the sport until a couple of weeks ago, and uh, I didn't feel I had that credibility. So we've got the other things in life addressed. I'm back in the sport, so I figured it was time to get back on the show, and Dawn, I certainly appreciate your understanding on all of this. Well, why don't you tell us what's been happening in drag racing in the world while you were gone? Well, the uh, national drag racing scene, the season looks pretty much like the movie Groundhog Day. Every day looks like the one before it. Although the NHRA made several revisions to their schedule due to the ongoing virus situation, in the end they held four races all at the same track, 
one that they own, Indianapolis Raceway Park. Conveniently, quite a few of the professional teams, at least the ones that burn nitromethane, are based in Indy. So it made things much simpler for everybody just to hold the races there at uh, cut down on travel and uh, just made things a lot simpler. Uh, one of the teams that is based in Indy, the one owned by John Force, has not returned after the shutdown. And uh, John explained it, but he talked so much and so fast that sometimes it's hard to understand him. And to be honest, I'm not sure what the message was. One of two things. Either his sponsors weren't going to give him money for an abbreviated schedule with no fans present, or John felt that if he took his sponsor's money and didn't deliver what he had in the past as far as exposure for the sponsors and a return on their investment, that that would damage his relationship with his sponsors. And he didn't get where he is in the drag racing world by making sponsors angry at him. Bottom line is, John Force Racing, with its three nitro funny cars and two top fuel dragsters, will not hit the track again in 2020. Uh, the NHRA still has plans to finish the season with races at Gainesville, St. Louis, Dallas, Houston, and Las Vegas. Uh, time will tell how that all works out. How have the local tracks fared through all of this? Well, it's been kind of a mixed bag for the local tracks. When things were very limited in the late spring and early summer, all of the regularly scheduled stuff was canceled. Keystone set up some track rental deals with very limited number of cars and crews and no spectators. While that was not the answer for people who just wanted a race, it actually worked well for the teams that wanted to do some serious testing because they got to make a lot of runs on the days that they were at the track. It wasn't cheap, but because there weren't a lot of cars in attendance, it worked out far better than the usual test and tune nights. Eventually, they were able to get to something close to their normal programs, but a lot of the bigger events got the axe. Uh, one of the events that did not get canceled is the IHRA Divisional Bracket Finals, where each of the tracks in the division form a team of the racers from their own track and compete for individual and team championships. That event will take place this weekend at Keystone, so all the racers that competed in whatever points races their home track could put together will still get the opportunity to race for a title. That program is the backbone of weekly racing at the local tracks, and I'm certainly glad to see that this race will happen. Uh, we'll be on hand to cover it for you, and we'll have the results next week. I understand there's another local racer who has done very well this year. Yeah, another local racer who has done well. That's uh, Kurt Stedding, driver, owner and driver of the P2 Contracting Pro Modified. Uh, Kurt's out of Carnegie, PA. He got started in Pro Mod Racing in July of 2015 when he began racing in the Asphalt War Series at Thompson Raceway Park. Within two years, he scored his first win. A year later, he gar garnered his first series championship. At one point, Stedding appeared in 12 final race rounds in a 14-race stretch with nine wins in those 12 finals. Uh, Stedding has stepped up to the big time. He now competes in the PDRA series, which is the premier series for 8-mile pro mods. All of Stedding's previous success came with a clutch in the car. Uh, last year, Kurt was struggling with a left foot injury that he suffered while snowmobiling. 
And, of course, the left foot is the clutch foot. Uh, holding in the clutch pedal on a 3,500-horsepower Pro Mod puts quite a bit of pressure on one's left foot, and it just was, wasn't working out for Kurt. So he made the decision to dump the clutch and install a converter drive. Uh, pretty much all of the faster cars already had gone to a converter. Uh, Steading con- uh, contacted T- Todd Tuttero to install one of his t- tie drive units in the P2 contracting Corvette, also engaging Tuttero to come to a race at Dragway 42 to help Kurt and his team get acclimated to the unit. First race with the tie drive, Steading and his team wound up in a winner's circle. Soon, Tadaro, who finished number two in the NHRA Pro Mod Series last year, he was tuning Kurt's car on a regular basis, and a new team was formed. Tadaro designed a new car for Stedding, which Jerry Bickle was contracted to build. In the meantime, they made some upgrades to the Corvette that Stedding was racing. And while the results weren't spectacular, they were building a winning operation. The fruits of all that labor paid off when the new 2020 Camaro was delivered from Bickle. Tadaro and his crew fitted the car with a brand new Noonan 4.9 Hemi and a new tie drive. Team went to an NEOPMA race at Buds Creek, Maryland just to shake the car down. Managed to find victory lane in the car's first outing. Very next weekend at the PDRA Summer Shootout at Virginia Motorsports Park, the team again knocked down four tough opponents which resulted in Stedding's first national event win. Just five years from when he started, he's in a winner's circle at a national event. And the team wasn't done there. The following weekend at the U.S. Nationals, Tadaro drove his own Bickle-built 2020 Camaro to a final round appearance where he came up short to Stevie Fast Jackson. There are two races left in the PDRA season. Stedding actually has a shot at the points championship, needs to make up two rounds on the three racers that are ahead of him in the points. It's a long-shot chance. But I've heard Stedding say the word can't is not in my vocabulary. No matter what, Stedding's had quite a season, but if he pulls off a championship run, it'll become a magical season for the P2 contracting team and something they're not going to forget anytime soon. Fans, if you're just joining us, we're talking drag racing with Tom Lang. I like that quote. My uh, son-in-law, Travis, one time we were working on a a motor uh, in a little truck, a little uh, S10 truck, and I said can't, and he said can't and won't just means it's going to take a little bit longer, and we got it fixed. Well, it's funny. When I heard Kurt say can't is not in my vocabulary, I said maybe you won't. But you're not going to admit that you can't. Yeah. So. Well, um, there's a rumor going around that not only is it good stuff and winning a lot of races, but visits to the child line are pretty good. Oh, I'm going to tell you, that is of the highest priority with both Tadaro and Stedding. When uh, Stedding first hooked up with Tadaro, he noticed uh, Todd had one of those uh, flat-top grill deals and... Uh, they made sure somebody was always cooking on it. Well, Kurt went and got himself one of those, and one of his friends, uh, Chef Dennis Kuhn, comes to the races. And although he helps out uh, on some other stuff, especially like the junior dragsters, his priority is cooking. There's breakfast, lunch, dinner, tuna steaks, crab cakes, uh, kielbasa and sauerkraut, hot sausage, meatballs. Had some Carolina barbecue. It's... Uh, 
this is how good it is. After we got done with the winter circle Saturday night, I didn't even bother eating because I had been eating all day, and there just wasn't enough room left in this skinny body <laughs> of mine to get any more food. But, uh, yeah, life is good. We're having a blast. Well, life is good, and so was the report. We're glad to have you back. I want to thank you, and you have a nice evening. You do the same. Thanks, Don. This portion of Rappin' on Racing is brought to you by the Jennerstown Speedway Complex, jennerstown.org. Number One Cochrane Automotive began as a small Pontiac dealership in 1965 and quickly became the number one name in Western Pennsylvania automotive sales and service. Today, Number One Cochrane Automotive ranks among the top private dealer groups in the nation with 22 new car dealerships with locations in Allegheny Valley, Butler County, Greensburg, Monroeville, North Hills, Robinson, the South Hills, Irwin, and Zelenopoul. Number One Cochrane can serve the transportation needs of Western Pennsylvania customers unlike any other retailer. The acquisition of Chevrolet, Toyota, and Nissan boosts Number One Cochrane's new vehicle operations to 22 dealerships, representing a great selection of domestic and imported brands. Their mission? Treat customers like honored guests while delivering unparalleled value and selection. That was the goal of founder Bob Cochran when he opened the doors more than 50 years ago. And it's still their goal today. For additional information on number one Cochran sales and service, go to Cochran.com. This Saturday night, Jennerstown Speedway closes out the 2020 racing season with the final night of five division racing. See the champions crowned in the Martellus Pharmacy's late model division, the Stoystown Auto Wreckers Modifieds, the Ron's Collision Center Street Stocks, the Farmers Union Co-op Chargers, and the Somerset Trust Company Fast and Furious Four Cylinders. It all begins at 6 p.m. on Motor Mountain. Don't miss the final race of 2020 this Saturday night at the Jennerstown Speedway Complex as the top three late model drivers are within nine points of one another to decide the late model championship for 2020. It all gets underway at 6 p.m. this Saturday. Visit Jennerstown.org. Racers, race fans, or campers, are you looking for power on demand and excellent service? Then see our friends at Alternative Power Sources. Alternative Power Sources offers a complete line of generators and the ability to provide turnkey projects from sales and rentals to service, maintenance, and installation. Alternative Power Sources Incorporated, located in western Pennsylvania, has proudly served homeowners and businesses in Pennsylvania, Ohio, and West Virginia since 1995. Alternative Power Sources is dedicated to providing reliable generator solutions. Their brands include Blue Star, Noller, Asco, Yamaha, Powertech, and Southeast Power Products. The sales force at Alternative Power Sources has over 60 years experience in the generator field, providing you with the best resources to design the generator package that meets your needs and specifications and to supply the top-of-the-line specified products. If power on demand and excellent service are important to you, then call Alternative Power Sources at 1-800-894-4455. And now back to Don Gamble and more Rapid on Racing. That's all right. I got money. Race fans, this is Howie Bayless. I'm standing here right now with the point leader at the Bedford Speedway, Mr. Jeff Ryan. Jeff, thanks for your time, and uh, 
Why don't you tell us about how the year has been going here in the Eldon number 92? Uh, it's been a good year. We uh, won four races here so far. Um, this race has eluded us, so hopefully we can uh, maybe pull this one off tonight. Uh, we've run good in it several times, but, um, you know, it just, uh, you know, 55 laps is a long race, so hopefully we can uh, pull it off. Now, Jeff, a lot of people know you as a late model driver. You've won before with the UFO series. Uh, you're a winner with the World of Outlaws series. And your business is completely opposite. You're in the sprint car uh, business, correct? Yeah, we are. Um, we, we build micro sprint wings, and uh, just recently we purchased Wings Unlimited. So now we're um, in, a, in a big sprint car, the 5x5 five five, you know, wing business. So uh, everything has been going really good there, and uh, hopefully we can keep that going good and, and uh, keep wings on race cars instead of the wingless stuff. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And uh, like we were saying before, you got four wins here at Bedford coming into Memorial Day, I'm sorry, Labor Day weekend and point leader and um you and the Eldon since you guys have teamed up it's been nothing but success uh multiple championships here uh you picked up a UFO win at the Heston Speedway and um why don't you go ahead and tell us about some of the other career highlights oh uh well we won that 15,000 win show here what two years ago um in the fall and uh I don't know we won 25 or 7 I don't know races something like that here at Bedford so uh it's been it's been good it's a lot of fun to drive their car and uh you know, hopefully we can keep doing it. And you drive Saturday and Sundays for another team, the Jeff's Auto Recycling 2J. You want to tell us about how the year's been going and uh, the history behind that ride? Uh, well, that, that uh, Jeff and Kathy Kurtz own that car, uh, Jeff's Auto Body Recycling Center. And um, uh, we've been together a long time. Uh, we maintenance the car and keep the car at our place. So we act like it's our car, but even though they own it, they're really good to us and um you know it's it's uh, been a good deal we race sealing grove and port royal on saturdays with it and or wherever we, we else want to go we can but uh yeah that's been a good deal for us too now will you be uh, jumping into a sprint car trying to do some research and development on the wings or you're happy with the late model uh, actually i do have a 600 micro sprint that we uh, play with occasionally um we've run a, a pair of seconds in it uh we haven't won in it but uh, that, that's my fun out of the late model racing, but uh, as far as a 410, no, that'll never happen. <laughs> now, is there anybody you'd like to go ahead and thank sponsor-wise, team-wise, for your uh, successful 2020 season? And tell us about any highlights you had with the 2J car, too. Uh, well, um, you know, of course, i got to thank the Elbin family for allowing me to drive their car, Metzler's and Jeff's Auto Body. Uh, for my stuff and uh, you know just Hoosier Tire, uh, Bob and Terry down there at Hoosier Tire Mid-Atlantic uh, you know they're great to us uh, Jim Stevens at Penske Racing Shocks, um, just you know everybody that's part of this deal Thanks, keep your eyes on the 2J or the 92 but I'm sure whatever car Jeff Ryan in it's going to the top Adrenaline cover to cover, three great magazines have become one excellent monthly racing publication Dirt Monthly Magazine. You'll get more features, more pictures, and more short track racing action in a new, massive, more than 150-page Dirt Monthly Magazine. Combining the best of Dirt Late Model, Dirt Modified, and Flat Out Magazines to create a bigger and better full-color monthly magazine with exclusive sections for each type of dirt track racing into this one monthly publication. Dirt Monthly will also include a special street stock and weekend warrior section. Dirt Monthly is all things dirt track racing. 
exclusive features, loads of full-color photos, driver interviews, tech articles, and big event recaps, all in the one more than 150-page full-color magazine. For more information, contact 3Wide Media at 888-806-4611 or 3WideMedia.com. This portion of Rappin' on Racing was brought to you by the Jennerstown Speedway Complex, Jennerstown.org. Josh Richards, it was impressive to watch your car tonight from the infield. Did you know from the driver's seat just how dominant you were? I felt really good. I mean, it's, uh, I've been coming here for so long with a, with a car that wouldn't turn. And, and uh, you know, we, we have decent, decent spurts of speed, but uh, at the end of the day, we just didn't have a really good balanced car. But I knew when it came back in June, I uh, worked on a couple things. I'm like, man, our car feels great. And we were good all through the heats up until the, the big night. And we just kind of went a little bit different direction. It didn't work out. Um, but uh, so we came back just how we were, and, and uh, the speed repeated. So it just feels it feels good uh, to, to have a fast car at Eldora because it's one of those things you, you come in, you're like, man, like you question your career choice. You question everything. You're like, why are we so bad? But, uh, you know, the car, car means everything. So uh, we got the car good, and, you know, it's all good again. Where, how, what about the restarts? They're late in the race. It felt like a hundred lap where we had so many cautions. Was that unnerving for you, or did you know that you had what you needed to stay out front? Uh, I knew that um, of all people in the pit area, I'd say Overton would probably be the one I'd be the what, you know, a couple cars would be the most worried about because he's really good at firing off and then being able to turn down into one. Um, and if you screw up, he's going to be there to you know to capitalize. So I knew that you know the restarts were going to be big, and it's like man, if I mess my timing up, and he just gets a run that, uh, you know, it can be over pretty quick. So, thankfully, we were able to hold him off every time. And, and I knew once we got out, got rolling, I felt like we were going to be okay and I could move around the track. Um, the, the cushion, it got actually the middle, got the track got fairly hard, even though it was so fast. Um, it got fairly hard, and, you know, you have to, you know, move around and find grip. Because I got to lap cars, and it felt like the bottom was getting better. And then once I caught him, I moved up, and it was and it was way better. And it felt like, you know, later it may, may have been better running lower again. So, it moved around a little bit. Um but, uh, you know, it worked out. No fans when you got out of the car, and the expression on your face kind of said it all. But still, a win at Eldora, is that a win at Eldora to you? Oh, 100%. I mean, these guys, are they're not going to race any less because there's no fans. You know, if anything, it might... It's, uh, you know, might make him even even more pumped up, I guess. I don't know. It's just, uh, you know, it, it's definitely hard without the fans. I mean, we definitely miss the fans. That's what makes this place. That's what built this place. That's what, I mean, that's how we're able to do what we love to do. I mean, if it, we had no fans, we would not have jobs. So uh, we're just thankful that everyone tuned in and watched and, and uh, hope to see him back here soon the next time we're here. And, uh, you know, I'm sure there'll be uh, more than ever. Who would you like to thank? Uh, everyone on this car, you know, my, my guys, Big Dog's not here tonight. He couldn't make it, but he'll come in Saturday. Uh, Cody, Brad, Big Dog, Andrea, Casey, Clint, uh, all the sponsors, iRacing, uh, DeKalb, Big River Steel, uh, Ford Performance, um, Kometic, Cornet for building great race engines, my dad and everyone at Rocket, Kaiser, uh, Impact Race Gear, uh, Simpson. There's so many good people on this car, Fiber Work Seats. Um, it's all for them. Brandon Overton, every one of those restarts, it seemed like you threw everything you had at Josh. Was there anything else you could have tried? I probably could have adored him a little bit, but I, I, I already got into him at Florence over there, and I didn't want to hit him. Uh, but he wasn't cutting me no slack either. You know, he would he knew what he had to do to win the race, and that's protect getting into one. And uh, he did it one time. He came across my nose, and I had to push, you know, straight to the cushion. I just got it woed up before I ripped the nose off of it and got, you know, back in a rhythm, and uh, we just come home second. His car was really good. Mine was a little too late over to be up there where he was at. You know, I could, I could get up there and get up against it a little bit, but I knew. Uh, one time he kind of moved off of it, and I said, I'm going to go get him. And as soon as I got in there and I got real hard in it, it started just toting the nose over. I said, hell, I better get back down. So I knew 
nothing happened. I was going to run second. And uh, it was a good night, though. I mean, I can definitely do some things to make it better. It's just we don't hardly see that deal right there anymore here. You know, it's usually going to be slow down a little more, and, and it gets way slicker to the to the lip. So, uh, you know, it is what it is. He did a good job tonight. Do you think this is a difference in Brandon Overton today versus five years ago where you might have left with this car in eight shoeboxes? Yeah, I was thinking that out there because <laughs> I, was, I was trying to calm the, the dumbass in me down a little bit. I was like, go, go, no, I just I don't want to beat all this out, and I don't want to tear anything up, and our car's fast. Uh, so you just, at the end of the you know, the weekend, we have, if we put ourselves in position, we can win this thing, you know, and I haven't won uh, the, the end nights here, and so I really want to, so I'm trying to do as much of my time focusing on what my car needs, you know, instead of beating out sheet metals or ripping the deck out of them, so uh, the thing's pretty good tonight, and I, you know, hopefully I can go work on it, um, you know, I just want to thank all my sponsors and everybody for helping us get in here. Uh, Wells Motorsports, Convenient Lube, CrossFit Overton, uh, All-Star Concrete, Easy Go, Big Dog Stuff and Treat, uh, Dirt Mafia, Cleanway, Clearing and Graydon, Penske Shocks, Clements Automotive, uh, got RRB Trucking on this weekend, and uh, just everybody that helps us, you know, Top Notch and whoever else, steering buddy, we got a whole list of people, Sunoco, Rex Fuels, and David Nair for giving me a chance again. The Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania Motor Speedway schedule is jam-packed again for the 2020 season. Every Saturday night through October, you can enjoy five big divisions of racing action and so much more. Each action event features the Deal Automotive Rush Dirt Late Models, the PPMS Pro Stocks, the Keystone Coachworks Hobby Stocks, the Four Cylinders, and the Young Guns. Add to that special appearances by the Rush Sportsman Modifieds, the Rush Wingless Sprints, the Buckeye Outlaw Sprint Series, and the 410 Wing Sprints. The 2020 season wraps up on October 2nd and 3rd, with the 32nd annual Pittsburgher 100 featuring the stars and cars of the Lucas Oil Lake Model Series. Gates open every Saturday at 5 p.m. with hot laps at 6 and green flag racing at 7. General admission just $15 for adults. Keep up to date with everything happening at Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania Motor Speedway by following us on Twitter at PA Motor Speedway. On Facebook, it's Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway. And as always, find all the information about PPMS at ppms.com. Shannon Babb wins the Friday portion of the Intercontinental Classic here at Eldora. First things first, man, how did it feel to be back up on the stage at Eldora? Yeah, like I said, it felt great. It's I don't know, it's been probably 20 years since I've been up on the stage. Uh, it, it was just amazing. Uh, you know, you have to have the whole night come together for you, and we worked on it after last night, worked on it quite a bit. Uh, the car was good here, that dream race, and I just knew it needed a little bit more. Uh, but we... We qualified, felt good, and uh, everything lined up. We ran the heat race and was good. Uh, didn't change a whole lot, and in the future, it was amazing. It was a lot of fun to drive. It was really fast. There was a caution with eight laps left. Josh had just gotten by you a couple laps before that. He chose the outside lane, and then you were able to get back by him on that restart. Yeah, when uh, when Josh got by me, I was getting a little tight on the high side inner, and I didn't want to give the top up, but uh, I crept up on that lap car. It took took a little, got in some dirty air, and you know, I shoved a little bit. And uh, Josh drove by me, and the restart did help me a lot. Uh, I didn't know what he was going to choose, top or bottom, but I was, at that point, this car here, it restarts good anywhere I'm at. So I was confident that when he chose the outside, the bottom's really good. So um, I, I was able to launch and uh, had traction like you would not believe. So had the confidence to drive it in there and then uh, and be able to take over. So uh, I had a lot of fun racing with Josh. He's been, you know, really good here the last couple nights. So uh, just pumped to be able to see the front. 
your car, um, it was really good on the restarts. He closed back in you on you there a, a little bit with a couple laps to go. Is it just uh, different tires, or maybe his car's just a little bit better in the longer runs? Yeah, I, I'm still a little stiff on the right front. I feel like I need to uh, just soften it up just a tick. Um, you know, that on entrance right there, you know, I, I had to change my line a little bit and it got better, but I could just tell it. I either just need to, I can just change this a little tick, make it a lot better, but uh, he's probably got a lot more laps on that race car here than I got in this thing, so just uh, really happy to be, you know, like I said, got to thank Scott Bloomquist and Cody Mallory and Cody Summers, I mean, and just Petrov, Donnelly, just everybody, you know, this Dynagro car is, is fast. The $50,000 question, can, can you do a repeat tomorrow night at the end of 67 laps? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Uh, 67 laps is not very long around here, you know. Uh, these cars just keep getting better and better and better, you know, as the races go, the laps go by. And like I said, at the, at the race earlier in June, our tires look brand new, you know, and uh, that just gives me all the confidence in the world. Josh Richards nearly goes back-to-back -back here Thursday, Friday at Eldora. Josh, going to dive right in. Tell me what happened on that restart with eight laps to go. Well, you know, I picked the top uh, the whole weekend, and I was like, man, I don't. I feel like the bottom might be better um, just because the top was getting pretty hard, and the, there was some brown on the bottom, but I didn't want to pick the bottom or bottom and get beat. I was like, well, I'm just going to keep rolling with what, 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 what we've been doing. And uh, on top of that, I haven't been able to take off very well here in general. Uh, you know, we started on the outside pole of the, of the stream earlier in the year, and I fell back to like seventh on the first start. I felt like our car was way better than that. I just fell off so many spots uh, just starting up there. So we got to work on that. But uh, I just spun the tires a little bit, and Shannon took off, and, and uh, you know, that was it. He did a great job. You know, getting to lap traffic, you know, you, you don't know what you, you don't know what to do. And I knew once I saw him go to the bottom, I knew we'd have a shot there. And uh, once the green flag got rolling there and we were able to put some laps down, I could roll the top just a little bit better than he could. I'm starting to gain on him for sure. And, and uh, that last restart just, you know, we just lost the race there. But, uh, you know, he did a great job, and we'll keep digging. You're the high points man after two nights. There's one five on the inversion wheel. And you, you spun it, I think, by that much. So you know where you're going to be starting in tomorrow's heat race. How do you and your team dive into that when you got twenty less than 24 hours now to prepare? You know, I, I hate inverts of any kind or any kind of passing points. I just like racing straight up. Uh, but... Tonight, we hit the invert. So, you know, we, we didn't qualify very well. We qualified 16th, and I missed a little bit on the racetrack. And I went out early, and I feel like the track got better. So, we benefited from that. Um, but I'd still rather be straight up across the board. So, uh, but we'll take it. It is what it is. You know, we're just, we're just happy to be here racing, putting a show on for the fans. And, and uh, we're certainly going to try to do what we can to, can to win. You know, I hadn't been back in dirty air a whole lot this weekend. So, um, I think it'll actually... It might be a good thing. I know we're locked in the race, but it might be a good thing that we're back in the in the early heat just to kind of see how the car moves and reacts. Uh, the track's going to slick it up a lot later, and and uh, we we missed it a little bit uh, back at the stream on adjustments, but I think we've we've gone the right direction tonight. Um, but uh, Shannon just did a better job. This is Jonathan Davenport, and you're listening to Rapping on Racing. Jonathan Davenport, I asked you in victory lane. I'll ask you again. What goes through your mind that last lap as you see Strickler start to slow? Oh shit, he's having a flat. No, just uh, the, the main thing. Like I seen it, I seen him laying over, and I didn't know if he'd like hit, hit the wall that I didn't see, and maybe knock the deck down. And then uh, like he got slower, and then so I was looking through three and four, and I, I'm like, damn, wonder how many laps are left. So I looked to the left, and I could see the flag stand, and they was starting to wave the light. I'm like, oh shit, it's the last lap. So man, it's just a. Uh, Better be lucky than good, you know. We uh, our race car wasn't that good, um, but my guys worked on it, made some good changes, and 
got me to uh, second there, that, and then that's where we was going to finish. But we wasn't very maneuverable. Uh, was really good on restarts, so uh, that's where I done about all my passing. That was on restarts, but uh, hate it for them. But uh, man, I'm definitely happy for our guys. Was there any point in this race up until you see Strickler starting to have the flat where it went through your mind, I can win this race, or were you just kind of thinking you were a top five runner? Yeah, no. From from about the, after the first caution, I thought we was pretty good. I was rolling around the bottom really well, but then as soon as that little bit of brown went away, I, I stopped steering, and I'm like, man, I'm just going to try to hang on and, and get what we can here. But then, like I said, every restart, I was I could take off so good, um, I could get one or two every restart. So uh, that really helped me. And then I almost, uh, you know, I got up beside Strickler there on that last restart, and uh, he just uh, he got up on the wheel and pulled away. I, I couldn't steer around the cushion like he could. I was just way too tight, but. Um, you know, we was we was tight, got us the second, like Matt said, and uh, Lucky got us the win. You know, do you guys have a rabbit's foot here? Because, of course, you get the dream. Blomquist is light at the scales. That's 100000 Tonight, Strickler has trouble in the last lap after leading the whole way, and you get fifty. Is this a place that you feel like a lot of guys don't have very good luck, but maybe this one's in your corner? I, it sure seems that way, don't it? Uh, I guess, you know, I, I never really thought about it that way, but um, for – for all, all the bad luck we've had this year, um, I, I guess it, it definitely helps. And like I said before, you know, uh, we, me and Strickler got, uh, we hit wheels uh, when we was back here at the Dream. I thought I had a really good car then, and uh, so it got taken out of there. It wasn't his fault, it wasn't my fault, it was just a racing deal. And then so maybe uh, Eldor just paid me back. But, you know, I, I didn't know if I was... Uh, uh, as far as it's been going, the world, we've been winning every other year for the world. So I didn't figure it, it was my time anyway. But um, this ain't the world, so uh, maybe we can uh, get that one next year. Did you ever dream that you would win a race that paid 50000 to win and there wouldn't be a single fan in the stands? No, this is just absolutely crazy. It's kind of creepy, really. Um, you know, I didn't even... I, I thought it was silly to get up on top of my car and, you know, get on the roof and jump up and down and celebrate. I, I want to celebrate for, for my crew and myself and, it, you know, my owners, but uh, it, it's just weird without the fans here. You know, this is uh, – they're, they're such a huge part of our sport, and I really – uh, thought for so many years that we really couldn't have races without fans, but uh, luckily, you know, um, with the old trusty internet, they can uh, they can order it, and uh, we're still able to do this. So maybe everybody's uh, safe, and uh, we can get back next year to normal. You've been digging so hard. A lot of people behind you. Who would you like to thank? Definitely, you know, uh, all my guys first and foremost. Uh, Jason and Tyler, they work their tails off. Matt comes in from Longhorn. And uh, i got to thank my owners, uh, Lance Landers, Darla Landers, uh, Steve Martin with Nutrient Ag Solutions, ASC Warranty, Spartan Mowers, uh, VP Fuels, Hoosier Tire, Longhorn Chassis, uh, Penske Race Tires. Um, just the list goes on and on. we, we got such good help. Donald and Gina with Mega Plumbing. Uh, you know, it's cool for me and uh, McCready to run one and two with uh, – with that on both of our cars, but uh, just uh, just really can't believe it's still in shock. But uh, just uh, so happy for my guys. Fifty thousand tonight, fifteen thousand coming up on Fairbury on Tuesday. It could be a real nice week for the Davenport team. Hey, yeah, no doubt. That I don't guess the take back man's gonna come get her house for one more month. No one covers motorsports like Rapid on Racing. For nearly forty years, Rapid on Racing has provided the best in motorsports information with knowledgeable and veteran reporters who cover all forms of racing. Weekly reports include local dirt and asphalt racing from Pennsylvania, Ohio, and West Virginia, plus the All-Star, Lucas Oil Late Models, NASCAR, Rush, and the World of Outlaws. Listeners get the latest breaking motorsports news. 
The show features special guests, local track reports, driver interviews. The host of Rapid on Racing is Don Gamble, a former driver and track promoter, Rapid on Racing. Presented Rapid on Racing, the Tri-State's number one motorsports talk show. Today's program was brought to you in part by our marketing partners. Recognized by the Eastern Motorsports Press Association as one of the top racing shows in the Eastern United States. Have a great week, and be sure to tune in next Monday for another installment of Rapping on Racing. Stand on it.